Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss Spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. Hotty toddy Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm joined by my compadre, Mr. Yancey Porter, getting all plugged in over there right now. Uh, Richard Cross is shutting down things from Mississippi Sports Talk. What a great show today, Richard. I enjoyed that. Thanks. Um, had Mike Bianco on. We're not going to have Mike tonight, but uh, uh, we're going to talk a little baseball in this first segment. We have to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What's on tap tonight brought to you by Library Sports Bar. Everybody knows where the library is. Weekly entertainment, sports on the huge screen. It's Oxford's most popular watering hole on the square, 120 South 11th. Oh, never mind. You know where the library is. Kermit Davis Jr. will join us at 6.15 to talk about the season that just ended. And A.D. Ross Bjork will join us at 6.30 to catch up on oh, all the administrative info in the athletic department that everybody wants to know about. Uh, some alarming numbers coming out about season ticket sales. We're going to talk to him about that. Uh, and see what's what's on his agenda moving forward. Uh, Yancey, the kind of a disappointing weekend uh, period. Uh, Rebels didn't do too well in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Oklahoma kind of blew them out, but I, you know, I'm not too worried about that. I think Kermit Davis's program's in good shape. But what was concerning to me was losing two out of three to Missouri at Missouri. I thought we would take that series. It really is. Uh, I'm dumbfounded, as a lot of people are, why you put Phillips in uh, the third game there after it's tied 3-0. I believe out of the eight losses, Phillips has been involved in six of them and has had more starts uh, than any other pitcher on the team. It's uh, He was, you know, he just started on Wednesday there in the midweek game and had some success and, and pitched on past Sunday. I don't know, but uh, more importantly, where where are the bats against the better staffs? You're talking about a team that's full of uh, a lot of them are three-year starters now, and it's just it's gone on too long. They've got to right the ship. Yeah, I, I was going to say I, I don't think pitching was the problem over the weekend. Of course, Zach Phillips uh, didn't get an out and gave up four runs. That was an issue. But for 25 of the 27 innings, I thought we pitched extremely uh, well. Yeah, uh, uh, Etheridge pitched well. Caracy. Doug Nick Hasey, his first start was outstanding. Miller uh, Trophy. Yeah. Uh, and, 
And Hoglin, he 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 had he some troubles. Well, he, had he had one bad inning. He had yeah. one bad inning. But he got taken out of the third inning. So yeah. he he had some control problems. Go, but yeah. it, it's not that it was not the pitching; it's the batting. But certainly, yeah. uh, the Phillips uh, cost him the series. I mean, let's be honest. Well, 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 yeah. Offense cost them the series. Yes. Sure, they did. They but get they... one run on Friday. They get they get uh, against their Sunday guy in Missouri. They don't get six hits. Are you kidding me? Come I, on, I'm with Come you. On. But Chuck, it was three to three, and then seven to three after Phillips left yeah. them out yeah. without recording. I agree with that. that. I agree with that. But what, what's wrong? They with, scored five runs. What's wrong with Friday? I mean, what's wrong with Friday? Oh, I, look, the, the I'm with you. We got to hit back. That's the longer term. We had problem nine runs. Nine runs in a series is not going to win an SEC series. Well, you're three and three against uh, the bottom tier SEC teams. Period. Yeah. So, got to get it straight. Got to yeah. get it going, particularly offensively. I think the pitching is going to be fine. Um, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Riverdale Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland to test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new roads. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny memoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. Get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire. For every moment. C Spire. Customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership are farming your own land a reality? Visit FirstSouthland.com. Equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Yeah. 
All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Is your phone a little rough around the edges? Finally, there's a single place you can trust for all your phone repairs. Ceasefire. Ceasefire stores from Brandon to Tupelo are now a certified phone repair location. They can fix any problem on any device from any carrier, in most cases, while you wait. Stop by today. Ceasefire, customer inspired. Yancey, um, a couple of commitments over the weekend. A speedster out of Florida, Kaiwan Herndon, mm-hmm. 5'9", 175, and then Austin Keys, a linebacker out of Seminary, Mississippi, 6'2", 225. What do you know about those guys? Yeah, you know, Rich Rod is, is I don't know, do you remember Noel Devine? Remember him yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and Slayton? Yeah. I think his name was Steve Slayton. That was the – Kind of like a mixture between a running back and a slot back. Uh-huh. Really more of a slot, kind of like what they have designed for Tyler Knight and Elijah Moore that I've learned. Uh, they, uh-huh. They're going to get him some carries this year. We didn't really see Elijah get many carries. We uh-huh. saw him used in a screen game. But the, it's kind of a just a between 50-50 between a slot and a running back, and that's what he's going to be. And he's in that same kind of mold. If you looked at Noel Devine and, and Slayton, they were both 5'9", 510 real quick. He had a four, uh, 4.08, um, short shuttle that, that, uh, you know, tests your, your ability to go, uh, laterally and your quickness and, and little spurts. And, and so he has very elite quickness and somebody that is going to be that dynamic type of guy in the offense. And then Keys is an interesting guy. Um, you know, he came out of seminary, um, and as a junior, he went in there as 5'11", 195 pounds. And now, after uh, right now, he's checked in at 6'2", 227 pounds. So a guy that hit a big-time growth spurt, uh, a great linebacker uh, th- there that will play on that outside role. Uh, very quick twitch guy that uh, the Rebels are very excited about. All right. Two nice commitments. Uh, let's go to the control room now with uh, Old Miss Sports News and Mr. Jack Schultz. Take it away, Rhino. It's time now for Old Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags. Anything, everything, Old Miss. It was a tough weekend for Rebel fans. The Ole Miss basketball team suffered a demoralizing defeat against Oklahoma on Friday, ending their season in the first round of the NCAA tournament. The Rebels finished 20-13 and overall in Kermit Davis's first season at the helm of the program. Three seniors, Terrence Davis, D.C. Davis, and Bruce Stevens, will all leave the program, though other defections are expected on the roster for next season. In baseball, Ole Miss demolished Arkansas Pine Bluff 12-2 and 25-0 in a pair of midweek games, but stumbled at Missouri over the weekend, dropping two of three. The Tigers taking Friday 2-1 as the Rebels' bats were largely silenced. The Diamond Rebels took Game 2 3-0 behind a magnificent performance from Doug Nikhazy, who gave up zero runs on just two hits and two walks through seven and two-third innings. Parker Caracy earned the save, slamming the door without putting a single base runner on for the final four outs. On Sunday, the Tigers put up a definitive four spot in the fourth inning after a weather delay to take the series. The schedule only gets tougher for Mike Bianco's team from here. Ole Miss has four road games this week, one at Memphis tomorrow night, and three at Arkansas this weekend before hosting number 5 Florida next weekend. The softball team has split a pair of games at number 16 South Carolina this week and are playing the rubber match right now. Ole Miss is 22-8 and overall, 3-2 and in the SEC so far. That's the latest news in Oxford. I'm Jack Schultz. Back to Chuck and Yancey. 
All right, thank you, Jack. Good job as usual. We're sitting here looking at a monitor with uh, Ole Miss in South Carolina right now. Uh, Rebels softball doing a good job. Mike Smith's team, it's, they're, they're exciting and fun to watch. Uh, they're on right now. Yeah. That's what I said. We're watching them on the monitor. I apologize. I was looking at some recruiting news here. I know, I know here. you weren't paying attention. I know that. <laughs> uh, four big games in baseball this weekend. See, uh, Memphis at 6 p.m. tomorrow night at AutoZone Park, all on the road. And then we got to travel to number 10, Arkansas, 8 p.m. Friday, 3 p.m. Saturday, 1.30 Sunday. Uh, the Rebels got to come out of, you know, kind of got to get – some things going. I mean, because it doesn't get any easier. They've got uh, five or six ranked teams coming up on weekend series, and uh, some of them are on the road. And this happens to be on the road as well. Number ten, Arkansas. Yeah, you got to get consistency. You said you're not worried about the pitching. I still want to see some consistency there with the rotation. Uh, we all know Doug looked fantastic this weekend, but again, you know, Hugland kind of. Struggled a little bit with his control, only lasted two innings on Sunday. Uh, you know, the one main consistent guy that Ole Miss has not had to worry about is Etheridge. He's just been lights out the yeah. whole season. But, uh, you know, I, again, I think it put them in a spot they weren't expecting to be when you had Roth and, and Fowler and Greer not available this season in the capacity that they were expected to. You threw some guys in a role in roles that a little bit too early and now the bats have kind of quietened down and but they gotta play with an edge again, Chuck. I mean, you were expecting after they were the best team in the in the country, I thought, last season and everything's taken away in one day. They get beat by a run and you know, and they're shocked. You think they come back just ready to set the world on fire this season. You know, uh, you know, your Dillards and and just all those guys, Kessinger and uh, just so many guys that have played as so, uh, have so much experience now. And I, I don't understand where is the edge. Well, I can tell you this. The offense, we, we said early on that the offense has to carry this team for yeah. a while. You know, a football team sometimes a – one side of the ball has to carry the other side until they develop. But it seems to me sure. like right now the pitching is – It's trying to carry the offense. It's trying to carry the offense. Yeah, and, and it's taking uh, a spectacular day from a dog or from an Etheridge to win the game. And you're right. I mean, besides, look, the Pine Bluff, I mean, the numbers got distorted. Oh, you're talking yeah, about 38 yeah, runs. That, that You know, Mississippi Delta would have given them better yeah, competition that does, than that. that so. Matter. Uh, the last really about ten games now. You take those two away, the, the offense is just and well, they're not got, getting any key hits. We got just one player. We got one player batting over three hundred in SEC play, and he doesn't. Even, he's not even a starter, Laprosser. Yeah, that's uh, shocking. Yeah, and uh, Greg Kessinger, who's getting criticism by some of our fans, is is the leading hitter in SEC games, two ninety two. Yeah. You know, yeah. all right, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24 7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com. Or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland. Test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, 
When the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, buy a new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT Geo 5.6 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT Geo 5.6 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny memoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. <laughs> get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire. For every moment. C Spire. Customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. A Van Atkins diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. A Van Atkins mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with a Van Atkins diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Atkins Jewelers Store at Downtown New Albany or VanAtkins.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Oh my gosh, Rhino. Play in a rush, that's Yancey. With his parachute pants and his mullet. Play some rush, man. Nah. All, right. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are very happy to have the SEC Coach of the Year in men's basketball, Mr. Kermit Davis Jr. Also our co-host up until this week. I guess this will be our last week with Kermit. <laughs> Kermit, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, Chuck. Yeah, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, you too, man. Down the road doing a little recruiting today and headed back to Oxford. I'm going to give you three worthless opinions, and I want you to uh, comment after each of them, if you don't mind. My first okay. opinion, I thought you and your staff got every drop out of this team, and that's why you were named SEC Coach of the Year. Well, I appreciate that. It's quite an honor because of the elite group of coaches in this league, and you know, I was really proud of, I don't know, it may have been the most overachieving team I've ever been a part of. And that that's not to doubt talent. We had talent. But in the league, and when the league was the best it's ever been in the history of the SEC, for these guys to do what they did. And I know I just, the last day was a tough day. And, uh, you know, but I, I you can't let it affect just how competitive this team was all year long in the SEC. My second worthless opinion, Kermit, the kids gave you every drop they had and went as far as their potential would allow. Yeah, you know, I, I just I appreciate their effort. If, if people could have seen some early workouts in June, have been with us in Canada, and, and kind of see where we were, and then for us to be able to kind of do what we've done and, you know, obviously get ranked and do all the things, I, I, I'm with you. I think those guys... Or gave, gave great, great effort. 
All right, and last but not least, I thought the fans bought in as well, Kermit, in your first year and and really uh, embraced what you were trying to do out there with that team from a coaching standpoint, uh, from a community relations standpoint, just from an excitement standpoint. Uh, my hat's off to our fans as well. Yeah, I will double that. That was probably, you know, like I said, you, you love player and fan experience. Our fans are unbelievable. They average almost 8,300 uh, for those 17 home games, uh, 24% increase in SEC play, which is the largest of any SEC team. Our fan base was remarkable. They're, they're affecting recruiting and uh, sure affected how our team played. And uh, now we just hope that we can really make a big jump in season ticket sales next year. Coach. I know, uh, you know, it's it's nice looking back, but it's always, like you said, you're on the road recruiting. Uh, we can't go over names or anything, but uh, this spring class, you got uh, Sana Day coming up. I think it's mid-April through mid-May, something like that. What 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 are your goals? What what are your needs right now? Well, you know, we're excited about the four guys we've signed early. And Carlos Curry is 6'10", 240-pound uh, center has made made good progress since he's been here, and uh, and so those are five new guys. And then you know uh, I don't know we're just involved with a lot of guys, graduate transfers, junior college players, really good high school players, transfers from Division One. We're we're kind of everywhere, and we think we need to get two really good players, kind of a wing and a forward or a wing and a big, and uh, to go along with that, the guys coming back. So. We've got to be real careful and make the right decisions because those are critical decisions that kind of, as we go forward this year, the next couple of years. So, uh, but we're out there beating the bushes everywhere in the country, that's for sure. I don't think we've ever asked you, Kermit, what your philosophy is on, on JUCOs and on grad transfers or just regular transfers. Uh, open arms, welcome them, welcome them with open arms, or it depends on the situation with your roster. Yeah, I might have said these particular needs. I mean, obviously, we'll always start with high school guys. And, uh, you know, we've, I guess we've signed, but eight out of our nine guys we've signed have been here have been high school guys. And and so that part of it is, you know, we feel good about. But we just, we, we I think we need to get older right now. I mean, obviously, junior college guys, talent level's got to fit early. But you, but you can't uh, not have high character and toughness. And grad transfer, I only had one at, at, at Middle Tennessee, and it was Nick King. And he was MVP and third-team All-American, you know, the one from uh, Alabama. So we are. We're involved with three or four of those guys right now. And it's just got to be the right fit that that the grad transfer is coming to, to win and be a part of winning, not coming to put up numbers. And so some of those things, you know, you got to really dive in the middle of it and do a lot of due diligence on what's guy's going to be the best fit. Coach, I'm going to – I'm going to go down here, and I, I need you to give me two lines on each one of these kids coming back, what they need to work on, in your opinion. We've got about eight of them to go through, so and we've only got about four minutes. So, Blake Henson, what's he got to work on? Uh, he's got to work on ball skills, making other people better, and uh, become a better rebounder. Devontae Shuler had a great year. Yep, Devontae just – just ball skills uh, with it, being able to get in the paint more, 
and I think he thought he, he was a very consistent shooter. I think just keep developing kind of what he's doing. I'd love to see Devontae go for maybe 188 to about 195 pounds. Uh, no, no off-season surgery on that foot. You okay there? No, no, he's 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 healed nicely and and ready to go. Brian Tyree, all SEC, but uh, I'm sure you, there's some things you want him to do better. Yeah, willing defender, rebounder, and then uh, obviously just being able to make others better off the dribble, you know, assist to turnover, and you know, I think those are things he'll really work on this summer. Talk a little bit about Carlos Curry. We don't, you know, obviously didn't play any six, a big kid, 6'10", 6'11", 235. You red-shirted him. How do you like his progress? You know, Carlos has just got a, like a lot of guys, just a toughness and physicality. You know, his strength level, he's lost like 17% body fat, which is great, you know, as far as his composition. So his body has changed. And just, you know, a guy that will rebound outside of his area. Talk about uh, Franco Miller. He's had some health problems. Uh, how does that seem to be progressing for him? Yeah, we just got to see him totally healthy. If you haven't seen him totally healthy, he's getting a little bit better, you know. And uh, so I really, I'd love to give you an evaluation. I mean, we seen him in high school, but, you know, good shooter. Uh, you know, got good ball skills. So the biggest thing is just get him healthy. Dom, coach, um, you know, at times I felt like he was an asset. At times I felt like he, he was somewhat of a liability. And I hate to say that, and I hope you don't take offense to that, but uh, – He's got he's got some work to do, doesn't he? Yep, he sure does. Got to be rebound the ball outside of his area, become a better defender, you know. So yep, but like like he, a lot of guys, he got he got work to do for sure. KJ Buffin had a good freshman year, but uh, I imagine there's some things you want him to fine tune as well. Strength number one, you know, just get up to about maybe two twenty five, two twenty eight, just a maturity level. He's real young. Should have been a senior in high school. Just his maturity level on the floor, how he handles adversity. He's got to be a really good shooter. He'll spend a lot of time doing that this this summer. Rodriguez. Uh, just weight gaining by 208. Needs to play next year at 215, 217. Uh, just more confident with the ball, playmaking. Uh, you know, so th- those are things that hopefully he'll, he'll get into his game this summer and fall. Coach, obviously this year we, we, we suffered some with post-play because of numbers and, and at times because of quality. Uh, you signed a big, right, uh, Hunter? Uh, you have Sammy Hunter, 6'8 6'9", kind of power forward stretch, really shoots a really skilled, long wingspan. He's a terrific talent. You know, he's got you... to get in here in July. He's really got a great chance, guys. I mean, he's just kind of the guy that played against, but never coached him. So we got to see about his about his toughness level and competitive spirit. Now, didn't you sign a, a, another couple of six eight six nine guys? Yeah, Rodney Howard, six ten, two hundred forty five pounds, uh, Charter Academy in Greenville, South Carolina, from Atlanta. Tough, tough guy. Great physical strength, great motor. Just got to refine his skill. And then, uh, you know, then Duke McCullum. 6'7", 215 from Bartlett, first-team All-State, Tennessee. He's runner-up Mr. Basketball to James Wiseman in Tennessee. Real skilled wing player, uh, very skilled, so we think he's got a chance to really play for us right away. Coach, uh, 
I'm speaking for Yancey and, and uh, for anyone who listens to Rebel Yell Hotline and myself. You have been a champ for us this year. No doubt. Had a wonderful year. Your inaugural season as the Rebel coach. I'm so happy for you and so grateful for what you've done being on the Rebel Yell Hotline every week, and we really appreciate it. Look forward to the same kind of relationship next year. Well, you guys are great for us. We sure appreciate it. Look forward to hopefully with we can now some guys in the spring on some signing to get together. And there we go. The group, okay. All right, buddy. I'm you excited. I'm ready, Coach. Guys. We'll see you, you soon, buddy, Coach. Coach. See you, buddy. All right. I'm on the recruiting trail. That's what he does. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the biggest note there was two. You know, uh, there was talk maybe that they were going to sign three or four in the spring. And, and obviously that's fluid. That's where he feels right now. But that means that one or two of the guys that maybe were thought of were not going to come back uh, next year in his mind right now are going to come back. So mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought that was kind of the biggest takeaway from everything mm-hmm. I heard right there. Yeah, he said a wing and a big. A wing a wing and a, yeah, and a, and a four. Yeah. Yeah, he said he's got to get long. Longer, so that means he no wants question. that wing to be long too. Yeah. I don't look for it to be a six three, six four wing. Obviously, he's looking for about a six five, six six, yeah. maybe even a six seven wing. So, um, you know, the length, the uh, we saw it. The length uh, was oh yeah, really hurt Ole Miss against the long teams and Alabama's and, and LSU's and you know even that, Mississippi State, Mississippi State, and they could have swept those two games and they could have gotten swept those two games but yeah it did bother them there they got it's more than just the five getting longer at the five i mean we saw dom's plenty long but uh oklahoma really broke down the weakness and that was the ability of old miss to defend an open space at the five and they were getting that little dude little guy and getting away and then facing them you know and and they could do nothing but uh foul them or get scored on and and i'm sure some other coaches around the league were scratching their head going man i wish i would have done that <laughs> well some of them did lsu did do that. yeah but not Tennessee as much as they did. would oklahoma was isolating one-on-one yeah. and, and with their face to them and, and and they just couldn't guard them all right we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the cannon motors of mississippi rebel yo hotline hang tight This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Welcome back to Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Uh, we're very happy now to have, we had not had him in a while. No. At Ole Miss Athletic Director Ross Bjork. Ross, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm great, guys. How about you? Good. Appreciate you coming on for a few minutes tonight. No doubt. Got to get caught up on some administrative stuff, I guess we'd call it. Uh, there you go. Uh, first, first of all, uh, I know you that we hadn't had you since uh, the End of the NCAA debacle. Uh, I mean, you've got to be relieved to get five-year NCAA enema over with. 
Just a long process, and, and that's uh, obviously uh, no one ever wants to go through that. And, you know, that's the unfortunate thing about these processes. And, you know, you look around the country with what's happening with this FBI stuff, and you know what? Some of these programs uh, have been waiting around since September 2017, and they're going to go through the same type of ordeal. And so it's unfortunate that these processes take so long, but I am glad and uh, thrilled and excited that we are on the other side of it, and now we just get back to work and do our day job, and that's supporting our student-athletes and promoting our programs and competing and uh, and winning at the highest level possible. You know, Coach, I I mean, uh, Ross, I've kind of of felt like there's a little uptick going on. Matt made some great hires in football. You made a great hire in Kermit Davis, SEC Coach of the Year, 20 wins, went to the NCAA tournament in his first year. Baseball has some good prospects, even though they've gotten off to a little slow start in in SEC play. I I, I still hadn't lost my confidence in in them coming out and having a big year when all is said and done. So I I think this uptick was really needed. (laughs) There's no doubt, no doubt. We, you know, obviously going through the challenges that we've had, um, you know, look, it's it's been a, a struggle. You know, just we've got to get morale back. We've got to get energy back. And, and you feel those things happening. You feel, you know, energy around our campus. You feel energy around the Manning Center uh, with, with football and, and everything that's happening there. And, you know, recruiting is going really well. And people are seeing that Ole Miss is committed, you know, to, to high-level football and, you know, Coach Luke, I think, is doing a great job of just casting that vision. Um, and, and really, you know, I think for the first time, you know, able to put his stamp on the program uh, with all the stuff and all the uncertainty, uh, it was still a challenge, you know, the, the last two seasons uh, to get that stability. But now we have that. Now we have, look, this is a place where you can come if you're a young man, uh, you know, with his family and say, you know what, I can, I can win there. I can compete at the highest level. We finally have that back. And I think that just permeates the whole athletic department. You look at all the different programs having great success, you know, right now, and that, that permeates uh, the whole whole program. And so people see what Kermit's doing. They see, you know, what track and field's doing. They see our softball team, you know, ranked uh, RPI, you know, 15 in the, in the country. They see that, you know, what Ole Miss is a place you can compete. And now we got to get our fans uh, rallied up as well. So that that's the next step. Well, and you took a step toward that with some uh, town hall meetings, and I'm going to tell you, uh, you went into the lion's den with some, some fans. Uh, <laughs> what was the response you got in those town hall meetings? Because I know they were very candid and, and very pointed, and you, you opened them up for questions. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you got bombarded a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. You know, I think the, the important thing is, look, you know, we we need to just – you know, hit our challenges head on and not not to shy away from anything and, and really just be transparent. I mean, we operate transparently, you know, every day, but, but this is a way to kind of get out to the masses. Um, Congressman Greg Harper, uh, he actually was able to come to two of them and um, just happened to be in the area, and there's one uh, instance down on the coast, and it got a little, uh, I don't want to say testy, but... You know, there was an intense conversation, you know, around, you know, our traditions and, and history. And and Greg, uh, Congressman Harper, came up to me afterwards and he said, Ross, I was a little worried for you there for a second, but, but you managed it well and, and got through it. And, and that's the important thing is, 
look, whatever the questions are, let's just answer them. Let's uh, be transparent about it. So I think it was very healthy. I think we got some great feedback. The fans who were there uh, came up to me afterwards and, and said, thank you. Thanks for doing this. You know, I needed this. One guy drove from Birmingham over to Tupelo because he had a couple <laughs> questions about our football stadium. <laughs> and he wanted them to ask those. And, and so all kinds of different examples of where I think people really feel um, appreciated that we are willing to, to do these type of town hall meetings and get, you know, get answers on the table. And now, again, move forward, you know, turn the page, you know, support the athletes, and uh, let's get after it. When the fans, when the fans ask you uh, tough questions, Ross, I, I think it's just a sign of their passion for the programs and for the Ole Miss Athletic Department. That's exactly right. And the great thing that we have here is people care they're passionate. You know, if you go through a, a, a spell where they stop caring, then I think you have deeper issues. And so that's the important thing, Chuck, you're exactly right. Is the reason why they were there is because they care. And, and you got to appreciate that passion. All right, let's talk a little bit about the new football staff you facilitated with a, a bunch of dollars for good salaries and your opinion of the hires. I mean, I know this is a loaded question. What are you going to say? Oh, they suck? No. But but give me a little bit of a, a insight on Rich Rod, Mike Mack, Calvin McGee, Jeff Coons. What what's your impression on those guys? Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, you know one of those guys can coach. You know, they they've seen it at the highest level. You know, that's the number one thing they can recruit. You know, there's a bunch of energy uh, around that staff. I, I think there's great chemistry uh, among the staff, and that and that's really what Matt's uh, vision was: is hey, you know, who are the best coaches? You know, who can we go after? Uh, he targeted that in the in the two coordinators, and then you know, let's make sure that we don't disrupt the chemistry. The players, if, if there's not good chemistry on the staff, the players can see right through that. They're they're not going to perform, and so that was the two really uh, key aspects of it. My job really was just to help you know promote the vision uh, of Matt Luke and, and know that hey, we're committed to to high level football here at Ole Miss. We play in the SEC. We we better be. You know, it's not for the faint of heart, you know, based on who we play. Um, and you need experience. And, and give Coach Luke all the credit in the world for having the, the vision and really setting aside, you know, any sort of ego and saying, you know what, this is what good leadership is, is surround yourself with the best people. And so he deserves all the credit. My job was just to help with the, the financial picture, the, the vision, and helping put all that together. But... Matt Luke deserves the credit because he's the one that went out and said, let's go hire the best coaches and get this program back on track like it deserves. And you mentioned the money, so I'm going to bring it up. Uh, how are the finances right now in the athletic department? I mean, you've taken a hit on buying out some contracts. You took a hit on the bowl money. Uh, you took a hit on season tickets last year. Hiring new coaches was more expensive. Uh, how how you yeah. balancing your budget, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, you know, one of the one of the great things I believe about the town hall meetings is, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you say something maybe on an interview like this and it kind of goes, you know, in, on, in one ear, out the other. And so we've been talking the last couple of years that, hey, we had a pretty healthy reserve account, you know, built up. And we had uh, we had about $28 million uh, in the bank uh, at the end of last fiscal year. And that's allowed us to get through the, the two bowl bands, you know, because that's a $16 million hit, $8 million a year. You know, we were down in season ticket revenue last year based on what we budgeted. 
so we were able to manage that. Um, so right now our, our finances were, were healthy, but we need help. You know, we need to sell more season tickets. You know, I, I'm not sure we're ever going to get back to the stage of selling, you know, 57,000 season tickets like we did in 2016-17, uh, just because the markets have changed and the watching of college football has, has evolved and changed. But we need to be at 50,000. You know, we need to be at 52,000. And frankly, back to what you said, Chuck, about people caring, you know, we need people to care. We need people to say, you know what, I've got, I've got confidence in this football program. I'm ready to get behind it. So I would say that our finances are, are good, but we always need the help. We always need to, to do more. We need to build. Uh, we compete in the SEC, and that means we got to grow. And every day we need more season ticket holders, and every day we need more donors. And so we're being proactive about all that stuff right now. So that reserve account, um, it will go down from about $28 million. Uh, At the end of this fiscal year, we'll be about $9 million. Um, again, we've, we've been able to cut some costs in certain areas, but also invest in the areas that are going to provide a return, uh, like our football program. So that's how we're getting through uh, some of these recent challenges, but also moving forward and growing the program. Okay, so the elephant in the room, Ross, and we got to address it. You told Ben Garrett recently that we've only sold 11,000 season tickets uh, for this time yep. of year. Am I correct in saying that's kind of alarmingly low? You know, the, the, as of today, we were uh, we were just shy of 15,000. So, you know, every day people are renewing. You know, our deadline uh, for renewals comes up at the end of this uh, the end of this month, the end of March, and then there's always a catch up phase. You know, people. Maybe they forgot. We uh, we polled about a hundred uh, season ticket holders last week, and um, we were able to talk to about ninety of them. And five people said, "I'm not renewing." The other, you know, eighty-five were like, "Hey, you know what? I just I put it off. I'm going to do it next week." You know, so that's a sample size. Um, you know that uh, that I think we can count on to say, you know what, people are going to respond. You know, people have always stepped up here at Ole Miss. So yes, are we behind last year? Yes. Do we want more than how much? Obviously, fourteen thousand. Uh, we're about nine thousand tickets behind where we were last year. Uh, last year was a little unique with our incentive program uh, that we had. We had the year of the fans, so a lot of people renewed early. Um, so we've got a long time. We've got five months uh, between now and the first game. We're doing things in our sales program that we haven't done before. We haven't had to do. We've got a whole telemarketing wing where we've got uh, four to five people making calls, you know, every day. That, that started a few weeks ago. Uh, last week, uh, one of our young men uh, sold $28,000 worth of, worth of tickets, um, you know, uh, based on two customers. So there's a lot of positive things happening, um, but we are behind. We've got work to do. Uh, we've got to sell this program, and we've got to get people excited. You know, we got to get we got to get people to know this team. They got to know the players. They got to know the coaches. So, you know, trying to get those messages out there uh, will be something that we do uh, as we move forward over the next uh, four to five months. You, you and I had an interesting conversation earlier today, Ross, about you talked with the Oklahoma AD, and he was kind of bemoaning the same things you are uh, with ticket sales down all over the country, and even at Oklahoma. I mean, they've been in the Final Four, what, a couple of times in the last three years? Two years in a row. Right, yeah. two years in a row. So what, what do you down. think? Their, their, what their do renewals you, are down. What do you put? You know, I, what, 
I think it's, uh, you know, I think, you know, as great as TV is, I, I think the unpredictability of game times um, hurts, and then you get stuck at, a, at 11 o'clock, uh, like we did four times this year. Oklahoma, uh, their survey results are saying that, that their people are tired of 11 o'clock games. They had, they had the same issue. Um, you know, I think the cost, you know, is something that we always have to balance. You know, we lowered season tickets uh, prices in the South End Zone. We went from $400 to, to two ninety nine, you know, to see if we could offset, you know, some of some of the downturn. Um, I think the viewing experience on TV, you know, I think uh, the the traffic, I think parking, I think all those things compound it when you have a great viewing experience. So, what we have to do is we have to talk about the experience. You know, we're looking at uh, really engaging some social media influencers, you know, like former players. Uh, there's a lot of people that um, kind of do this in the retail uh, game, and they and they talk about experiences. You know, we got to talk about the Grove. We got to talk about you know the in-game you know atmosphere. We got to talk about the players. Um, so it's not necessarily the scoreboard, but it's about how do I feel when I'm there. I'm, I'm entertained. Um, so those are the things that we have to look at um, as we move forward. But it's it's a problem all over the country. I, I think there was another report today that. College football, in general, was down uh, 22% in, in total attendance. Uh, so that takes the average of every one stadium. So it's something that is uh, is affecting all of us in college athletics right now. Is is the are the new tax laws affecting things a little bit? You, you know think what? Uh, it, it's hard to say. I, I think that's part of it. You know, the deductibility of your donations for tickets are no longer there. Uh, now that people are filing their taxes for 2018, they're probably seeing how that pencils out, you know, now in, in black and white. Um, and so I'm not sure we know the full impact until we go through this renewal cycle um, and, and get some good feedback from that. So I'm not sure, but I, I do think that's probably an issue um, that we're going to have to look at, and, and hopefully Congress will change at some point in time. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of ripple effects. Um, obviously, our, our challenges have been compounded, you know, by what we went through with our NCAA case, and then just, you know, frankly, three seasons that have not been up to par uh, for our expectations. You've know, got to get that turned around as well. So, there's a lot of work to be done, but I, I'm confident in the Ole Miss face, and I, and I think they'll rally when it's all said and done. Well, it's not 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 to keep beating a, a dead horse here, but you said you were nine thousand from last season. I know last season you were down ten or twelve thousand from the year before. So where are we looking at comparatively right now from here to where we were two years ago in our season ticket sales? And do you do you factor that in your budget ahead of time for the two thousand twenty budget? Could we see a, de- a decrease in budget, or will that yeah. be offset by TV revenue? Yeah, the the, what, the number I gave you is year to date. So the year-to-date number is about on track with uh, the year before that. Um, okay. So we, we, we finished about 9000 down um, from 2018 from where we were in 2017, which was a high watermark. Um, yes. Even coming off the 16th season, the 17th season, we sold you know, right around 57000 you know season tickets. So, yeah, you, ha- you have to look at that. You have to look at what's your expenses. I mean, we have to live within our means, and so if we don't have the revenue – to keep pace, you know, with expenses, then you've got to you've got to make decisions. You've got to make hard decisions, perhaps, um, and look at you know cutting your budget. And so we haven't had to go that route yet. Um, we're always managing and always looking at uh, efficiencies, but 
you know, drastic, you know, cuts or things like that. We haven't had to look at that. But, look, if you can't keep pace, then you have to look at those type of measures. And so uh, those are all the things. Look, we, we can't panic. We've got five months. We're going to be proactive. Uh, but you always have to keep those uh, – those aspects in the back of your mind and, and really um, in your in your sights that if worst case scenario happens, you need to have a plan. Ross, thank you so much for thank your you time, buddy. buddy. Great appreciate information. It, we appreciate you. Right, good luck and good luck guys. beating those pushes for some season tickets. <laughs> thank you, buddy. There you go. I appreciate right. it. Thank you, man. Take care. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors, Cannon Motors, Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yard Hotline, our last segment of the night. Remember, uh, AutoZone Park tomorrow night, Memphis, Ole Miss, 6 p.m., college baseball. It'll be a good game. Uh, and then the Rebels travel to Fayetteville, number 10, Arkansas, 8 p.m. Friday, 3 p.m. Saturday, 1.30 Sunday, in a very important series, I think, since we're starting 3-3 three and three right now. Uh, I had hoped we'd be four and two or five and one after the first two series, but we're not. So we, we've got to uh, make up some ground at a tough place to play, Arkansas. You know, Bianco's had good success against Arkansas through the years. That's so true. It's been uh, kind of weird. Uh, some teams you don't do well against, and some teams you do. Let's go to the control room now for around the SEC with Mr. Jack Schultz. Get it, Rhino. It's time for this week's report from around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. The SEC has been represented well in the NCAA tournament through the first two rounds. Five of the seven teams invited advanced to the round of 32. Four of those teams will now play in the Sweet 16 this week. Five-seeded Auburn escaped a thriller with New Mexico State 78-77 on Thursday and then dominated fourth-seeded Kansas on the way to an 89-75 win. Bruce Pearl's Tigers face one-seeded North Carolina on Friday night. LSU beat Yale 79-74 in the first round before winning a hard-fought 69-67 game over Maryland. The Purple and Gold have a tall task ahead of them on Friday, facing number 2-seed Michigan State. The Spartans are 30-6 overall this year. Tennessee beat Colgate in the first round and then led by more than 20 over Iowa on Sunday, but surrendered their lead only to win in overtime. The Vols are scheduled to play the three-seed in their region, Purdue, Thursday night. Kentucky notched a 35-point win in their first-round game before beating upset special favorite Wofford 62-56 on Saturday. The Wildcats played solid perimeter defense against the hot-shooting Terriers to advance. John Calipari's team draws three-seeded Houston. The Cougars have lost just three games to this point. Florida won one game over Nevada but lost to Michigan to end their season in the second round, while Ole Miss and Mississippi State were each eliminated in the first round. 
Other notable basketball news, there will be at least three new coaches in the league next year. Alabama and Avery Johnson have parted ways in Tuscaloosa. Vanderbilt is searching for Bryce Drew's replacement. And Texas A&M will have to replace Billy Kennedy. SEC basketball has certainly improved over the last two seasons and can take another huge step with the Sweet 16 this week. That's all for tonight. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Jack. Good job. Uh, yeah, man, that's that's pretty exciting to me. Uh, you know, I'm an SEC guy, Yancey, and I know people, Rebel fans, say, don't pull for anybody in the SEC. That doesn't help you. But I'm an SEC guy, and I can't help it. Uh, and I, I'm kind of kind of tickled that I got we got four teams in the Sweet 16. You yeah. Know, that's showing that the basketball in the SEC is getting a lot better. Yeah, it's easier to root for SEC teams and – basketball and baseball than it is of football for some reason yeah, well, for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I'm never, I, but I'm never going to uh, root for the cross-state rivals or, or, you know, I'm never going to do that. Yeah, but, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to see the biggest to me is is uh, Auburn just kind of they're mm-hmm. on a 10-game winning streak. and Boy, they smacked Kansas around, didn't they? Yeah, they Woo! shot the lights out of the ball just like Oklahoma did to Ole Miss. Well, it's hard It's hard to win games against teams that shoot like that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in them. And LSU, you know, when when will uh, that, that train get stopped from not having their head coach there? I've said all along, I thought they were the best team in the country. Yeah, I thought so it, country? It's, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're the top eight guys. Well, all right. We'll see. I, if they had their coach there, I think they'd have a chance to win it all. But I well, still think yeah, they can go to the Final Four. Brought to you, Good, Bad, and Ugly, brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Baseball. If you need a four-wheeler, side-by-side, a lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports. It's the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. The good, well, I'll be grasping for something this week. Obviously, freshman pitcher Doug Nick Hazy got his first SEC start at Missouri Saturday and gave the Rebels seven-plus innings of shutout ball and a three-to-nothing win. That's good. Molly Jacobson threw a three-hitter and a one-to-nothing extra inning win for girls softball at South Carolina against a ranked Lady Gamecock team. That's good. But that's about it. The bad? Let's go chronologically. Last Friday, the Rebels made it to the NCAA tournament, and we can all be proud of that. His first-year coach, Kermit Davis, pulled off a minor miracle to win 20 games overall and 10 in the SEC. But once in the tourney, it looked as if his team was just out of ammunition. Their spark and their energy, what had made them tournament-worthy, was gone. They were just flat worn out and just got worn out by Oklahoma in a bad performance baseball team got pretty good pitching most of the weekend but managed to lose two or three to Missouri mainly because the vaunted offense is not producing the way it did last year with a lot of the same players with the team that led the SEC in hitting. In 27 innings over the weekend, the Revs scored a scant nine runs, averaging three a game for those who are mathematically challenged. Three runs a game is not going to get it done in the SEC in most series. For roughly 25 innings, the Reb pitching was the best it's been all year. But a couple of poor frames cost them dearly in trying to secure the series. Still, the offense has to do a better job of carrying this team while the young pitchers gain experience. The good, bad, and the ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville, Mississippi. Yancey, this is a big week uh, for the for the baseball team. And yeah, they got to win this series. Yeah, that no. basketball game should have been ugly. Now you're getting soft in your old age. 
That wasn't bad. That was ugly. <laughs> well, bad's kind of bad. That was ugly. Yeah, it was ugly. That was absolutely yeah, was ugly. stinking You're right. ugly. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next Monday night with the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Good night. Howdy toddy. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.